You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Final Astronomy, episode 12. And I have no fancy intro this time. My name is Dan and I have sad news. Due to personal reasons, Angelo has been uh, forced to leave the show. Uh, he has the following announcement from the Fan of Astronomy Facebook page. I have to inform everyone that due to personal reasons, I, Angelo, have to step away from the show. I'm sure Dan will keep things going once he finds another host to fill my shoes. He's a top-notch podcaster and his love for the subject matter is unparalleled. Please continue to follow everything here on Facebook and the show. Remember to show your support to the overall mission of bringing everyone quality information in an entertaining medium. I will miss doing the show and miss the interactions I've had with you, the listener. Uh, I want to thank Angelo for doing this show with me. I was looking for a co-host for one and a half year before I found Angelo. And I will be looking for a co-host again. But thank you, Angelo. It's been super fun to do this with you. I still want a podcast about astronomy. I am still doing eight other podcasts, but there is a place in my heart for astronomy and I want to continue doing this show. Before I speak about the next co-host, I want to tell you that the best way to ensure that you get more episodes of Fan of Astronomy is to support the show on Patreon. The Patreon is at patreon.com slash astronomy and you only pay if I actually manage to find another co-host and do more shows. I have read so much about the moons of Jupiter, so I'm going to do that at the end of this show, but it will of course be a very brief version. Okay, on to the next co-host. I want to do this with another person. Uh, I'm looking for someone who has experience from podcasting. I'm looking for someone who's good at audio editing. I am preferably looking for a female host, because I think that would be interesting. And uh, I want a native English speaker. Uh, 
perhaps one in Great Britain. That would be fantastic because then we wouldn't have any time differences as I am in Sweden. I'm looking for a native English speaker because I don't speak English as my native language, as you can clearly hear. So I want the listeners to be able to understand what's being said. I am willing to drop uh, one or all of these requirements for the right person. If you know someone who would be a good co-host for Fan of Astronomy, let me know, preferably by sending a message on Facebook at Fan of Astronomy. And of course, I have no idea at this point when the show can continue, but I will publish this episode about the moons of Jupiter and then we will go from there. As you know, I do make my living out of podcasting, and so the, the Patreon is extremely important to get this show going again, so I just like to state that once again. Also, iTunes reviews helps a ton. Okay, on to the moons of Jupiter, the short version. Okay, there are 67 known moons of Jupiter, and this is not the end. There will be more moons of Jupiter, I am sure, when we find them. When I was little, there were 12, now there's 67. But there are only 8 true moons of Jupiter, that is, moons that form together with Jupiter. The rest of them, 61, are captured objects, because Jupiter is, as we said, enormous... You can roughly group these moons in the four inner moons that are involved with Jupiter's rings. They are fairly small. And then we have the four Galilean moons, the moons that are of similar size to our own moon. And then we have 61 moons, uh, which are split into several groups of moons. Well, Galileo then and the Galilean satellites. Galileo observed the moons of Jupiter in the 17th century. And that's why they are called Galilean moons. Uh, there is an observation by the Chinese astronomer Gandia from 364 BC. But uh, it's not entirely sure that he actually saw the moons of Jupiter. So Galileo sees the four Galilean moons, and those are Io, Europa, uh, Cal- uh, Ganymede, and Callisto. We'll talk a lot more about them today. The names for the moons of Jupiter started out as, as Jupiter is the, the Greek god Zeus. Uh, the moon started out being named after Zeus's lovers, and then when more moons showed up, they started to name them after uh, other women that were important in Zeus' life. But in the end, they ran out of girls, so some of the moons have much more boring names today. As I said, Io is the first of the gigantic moons, the Galilean satellites, and it's important to know that Io rotates around Jupiter at approximately a similar distance to our moon from the Earth. So, and then the Galilean moons are all fairly close to that. The innermost moons are then closer to our moon than our moon is to the Earth. And the 61 irregular moons are far out from Jupiter. I'm going to talk about the eight um, real moons, the eight regular moons in, in some detail, and then just mention the groups of irregular moons. All the eight moons, the four innermost moons and the Galilean moons, are tidally locked to Jupiter. They show the same face to Jupiter at all times. 
Okay, starting from Jupiter then going outwards, the first moon is Metis. Metis is named after the first wife of Zeus. Uh, Metis is a fairly small irregular rock. One side of it is about 60 kilometers. It orbits at 128,000 kilometers, which is about one third of the distance to Earth's moon from Earth. Metis is too close to Jupiter and it will reach the Roche limit and it will be torn up by Jupiter. But uh, it's very unclear when this will happen. It will happen at some point in the future. Metis orbit lies within the main ring of Jupiter. Uh, there is a 500 kilometer wide gap in the main ring of Jupiter. Jupiter has rings as we talked about in the last episode. And uh, the gap is clearly somehow related to the moon. But the origins of this connection has not been established. Metis supplies a significant part of the main ring's dust, as do all four of the small inner moons. They provide material for the ring. The second moon going out from Jupiter is Adrastea. It orbits uh, pretty close to Metis and it is really small, only 20 kilometers on its longest side. Adrastea also seems to be doomed in the future. It orbits at the exterior edge of uh, the main ring of Jupiter. And then we come to Amalthea. Amalthea was the fifth moon discovered and also the fifth moon in size. Uh, this object is not big enough to be rounded by its own gravity, but it is uh, an impressive 250 kilometers on one of its sides. It's also highly irregular in shape. It orbits at 180,000 kilometers, roughly half the distance between the Earth and the Moon from Jupiter. The density of these innermost moons is very small. This seems to be made out of porous water ice. And Amalthea is significantly red in color and it's not really known why. We talked about escape velocities when we talked about asteroids and uh, given its low density, the escape velocity at the surface of Amalthea is uh, no more than one meter per second. So lots of dust leaving the moon forming the Amalthea gossamer ring of Jupiter. Being the biggest of the innermost moons, this of course has generated a lot of interest. So. Um, this moon has been looked upon quite well, so you can find pictures of Amalthea, even though it is very, very much smaller than the Galilean moons. The fourth moon out from Jupiter and the last of the innermost satellites are, is Thebe. It's, uh, one of its sides is 116 kilometers and it orbits at about 220,000 kilometers. It has its own ring, Thebe Gossamer Ring. And that's about what we can say about the innermost moons. And then we get to the interesting moons. First, hell itself, Io. Io is bigger than our moon. It orbits at a similar distance than our moon, a bit farther out. It is the 13th biggest object in the solar system and the fourth biggest moon in the solar system but only the third biggest moon of Jupiter. This is an object that would be a clear dwarf planet if it was not captured by Jupiter. It's cold around Jupiter, right? This is far out from the sun, but uh, this 
moon has 400 active volcanoes and it's the most geologically active object in the solar system. And this is the result of tidal heating from friction generated within Io's interior as it is pulled between Jupiter and the other Galilean satellites. And it is believed that Jupiter originally had more Galilean moons, but that it ate them all. So Io, Europa and Ganymede has a system of surviving. They are in synchronous orbits with each other. So every four times Io goes around one lap around Jupiter, Europa goes around two and Ganymede goes around one. These active volcanoes on Io produce plumes of sulfur and sulfur dioxide that can climb as high as 500 kilometers above the surface of Io. And we already talked about the, uh, the material from Io that is captured by Jupiter's magnetosphere. Io has a metallic core. Remember, the density of Io is very high. And uh, data from Galileo's magnetometer, Galileo is one of the uh, expeditions we have sent to Jupiter. Uh, data in 2009 revealed the presence of an induced magnetic field at Io, which requires a magma ocean 50 kilometers below the surface of Io. Uh, temperatures in this magma oceans uh, will reach about 1200 degrees centigrade, that's uh, 1500 Kelvin. And this is why I'm saying that Io is hell. It is red, sulfurous, and on fire. This is not a even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Place you want to go to. The place you want to go to is Europa. And Europa probably deserves its own episode. And we should have done that. I was arguing for that. Europa is the smallest of the Galilean moons. It's slightly smaller than our moon. Europa is primarily made out of silicate rock and has a water ice crust and probably an iron nickel core. But the same heating effects that affect Io also affects Europa, but to a lesser degree because Europa is further away at about 670,000 kilometers from Jupiter. 
This means that there is probably a gigantic liquid ocean under the ice crust of Europa. And this makes this moon the prime target for non-terrestrial life in the solar system. So this is the number one place we believe that there might be life in this huge liquid ocean on Europa. And one interesting thing about Europa is that it has the smoothest surface of any known solid object in the solar system. There are no impact craters, only cracks in the ice. So the ice must be reforming. There is movement in the ice. So of course we have to talk more about the ocean. This consensus among scientists is that there is a layer of liquid water beneath Europa's surface and it's heated by tidal flexing and it will remain liquid because of this tidal flexing from Jupiter primarily but also from the other Galilean satellites. The surface temperature of Europa is about 110 degrees Kelvin at the equator. That is really really cold. The thickness of the ice crust above the ocean is debated. It's probably only a few kilometers thick. There's been computer models that suggest it's only about 200 meters thick. We have observed uh, plumes of water vapor erupting from near the south pole of Europa. In 2016, a NASA study found that Earth-like levels of hydrogen and oxygen could be produced through processes related to serpentinization and ice-derived oxidants which do not directly involve volcanism. In 2015, scientists announced that salt from a subsurface ocean may likely be coating some geological features on Europa, suggesting that the ocean is interacting with the seafloor. This may be important in determining if Europa could be habitable. So far, there is no evidence that life exists on Europa, but the likely presence of liquid water in contact with Europa's rocky mantle has spurred calls to send the probe there. What we really want to do with Europa is to land on it and dig and drill through the ice and look at something in the water. See if something swims up to the camera. And that is one thing I am super excited for, if we could get something to Europa. But only flybys are planned as of now, it seems. We are moving on to the biggest moon in the solar system, Ganymede, the third of the Galilean satellites, the seventh moon out from Jupiter. This moon weighs twice as much as our moon and is significantly bigger. It, is, it has a bigger volume than Mercury, than the planet Mercury. We used to believe that Titan, a moon of Saturn, was the biggest moon in the solar system. But Titan has an atmosphere, and when you count out that atmosphere, you'll find that Ganymede is the biggest moon in the solar system, making it the ninth biggest object in the solar system. Clearly a dwarf planet. Clearly the biggest of the dwarf planets, if it wasn't captured by Jupiter. To compare, to compare Ganymede with Mercury, you'll find that the volume is 8% larger than Mercury, but Ganymede is only 45% as massive because Mercury is just a pile of iron. This has a pretty decent density at 1.9, I think, but it's nowhere close to 
Io or Mercury. It takes about seven days for Ganymede to orbit Jupiter at a distance of about one million kilometers. I used to think that Ganymede was a boring rock compared to Europa with the underwater ocean, but it turns out that Ganymede also has an under uh, underwater ocean. Not, that's not what you say. It has an, an ocean under its surface and an ice sheet on top of it. It's colder here and uh, the ice sheet has to be thicker. The tidal heating mechanism not as strong. And there are also craters on Ganymede. But it seems that there is a subsurface ocean. An analysis published in 2014, taking into account the realistic thermodynamics for water and effects of salt, suggests that Ganymede might have a stack of several ocean layers separated by different phases of ice, with the lowest liquid layer adjacent to the rocky mantle. This means that you can also speculate on the habitability of the oceans of Ganymede, but it's not as interesting as Europa. Then we come to Callisto, still a gigantic moon, bigger than our own, bigger than Io, not part of this synchronous orbit of the three innermost moons. Callisto has always struck me as the most boring of the Galilean moons. But maybe it is not. Well, the surface seems to be the oldest and most heavily cratered surface in the solar system. Not a good sign, because that tells us that there is very little activity. It's possible that there is an ocean on Callisto as well, or inside Callisto as well. And given that we are now 1.8 million kilometers from Jupiter, radiation is much less dangerous here. So if humans are going to explore the Jovian system, Callisto is probably the place to start to build a base because this is the safest place to be among the Galilean moons. For us, not for the water life of Europa, of course. In 2003, NASA did a conceptual study called Human Outer Planets Exploration, that is abbreviated HOPE, regarding the future human exploration of the outer solar system. And the target chosen to consider in detail was Callisto. The study proposed a possible surface base on Callisto that would produce rocket propellant for further exploration of the solar system. The advantages was, of course, low radiation and geological stability. And from here you could then explore Europa and use gravity assists from uh, the other objects. Uh, in December 2003, NASA reported that a manned mission to Callisto may be possible in the 2040s. But those long-term... Uh, guesses, I don't give much for them. Okay, on to the irregular satellites. The 61 moons left to talk about them are substantially smaller objects with more distant and eccentric orbits. Uh, they form families with shared similarities in orbit and composition, and it is believed that they are at least partially collisional families that were created when larger objects were shattered by impacts. And the families bears the name of their largest members. Uh, the following is a list. Um, we have some prograde satellites, satellites. Themisto, the innermost irregular moon, which I will talk about soon. The Himalaya group and Carpo. 
the retrograde satellites are the Karmi group, the Ananke group, the Pasiphae group and some other moons that don't mix into groups. I want to talk about Themisto, the ninth moon, because we had Callisto orbiting at 1.8 million kilometers and this thing is about at 7 million kilometers. It is the ninth moon, so there's a big gap after Callisto till we get to this first moon. It doesn't belong to a group and it's about 4 kilometers big, so tiny moon. And there's a similar distance to the next moon after Themisto. So Themisto is fairly alone where it is. Then we get to Lida, which I will skip. And then we come to Himalaya. Himalaya is the biggest of the irregular moons. It's 170 kilometers on one side, which makes it very big for the non-Galilean moons. It's the sixth largest overall in size. It's only Amalthea and the Galilean moons that are bigger than Himalaya. We are now 11 million kilometers from uh, Jupiter's surface. It takes 251 days for Himalaya to go around. We believed for 10 years that Himalaya had eaten the small moon Daya. But in 2000 Daya disappeared and we found evidence of a faint ring around Himalaya. That's weird, a ring around the moon. But Dia has since been recovered, so maybe something else crashed into Himalaya. Yeah, I'm not gonna name the other ones. There is a ton of moons, and I will just mention the last one, the 67th one. It's named S2003J2. It's a tiny thing and it's orbiting at 30 million kilometers. That's 0.2 astronomical units. That is almost the distance from Earth to Venus at Venus's closest approach. So this is how far this tiny moon is from Jupiter. Still bound by Jupiter's immense gravity. It's about 2 kilometers in size. It has a super strange orbit. It, it has no relation to the plane of the solar system. But the radius of Jupiter's hillsphere, where it controls the gravity of its surrounding uh, more than the sun does, goes out all the way to 0.35 AU. So we could find moons that are even further out from Jupiter. And that, my friends, was my very brief version of Jupiter's moons. Oh, how I miss Angelo right now. But hopefully this show can continue with another host. It will be on hold until I find another host. So thank you so much for listening. The biggest thing you can do to support me and support fan of astronomy is to become a patron at patreon.com slash astronomy. And as I said before, if we don't produce any more episodes, you don't pay anything. But it will be a great motivation for me to try to find a co-host myself. If you know of a co-host, let me know, etc. Thank you so much for listening to Fan of Astronomy. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.